Russ, I want to bang and also like protect. <laughs> yeah, like he like it's he's the perfect package. So perfect. I loved him so much. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Spice Rack Pod. Today we are covering the widely, highly anticipated second book by Hannah Grace, Wildfire, and it did not disappoint. But before we get into Wildfire, Sav, how are you doing? I, first of all, I'm thriving. My windows are open and my air is off. I've been living for this moment for like four months. All the $300 plus dollar power bills have led me directly to this moment (laughs) so I'm thrilled and I've been making soup I made acorn squash soup yesterday I made roasted tomato soup both from scratch so I know we've been like hinting that fall is here but like fall is like in this moment right now is here it's 56 degrees the highest 56 degrees I'm ready to get my pussy out it's 56 degrees My favorite thing about this podcast is that I will say things that are so out of pocket and I just get to watch you react. (laughs) It's like, it's just like being on a FaceTime call with us because (laughs) this is just how I am. But watching you react is hilarious to me. Very red. Also, just before we continue, weird transition from it's 56 degrees, I'm ready to pop my pussy, but... (laughs) Emily and I want to address that the state of the world is terrible and we recognize that and like it's really hard to continue living through horrific crises as like people in their late 20s like we've lived through so much terror and horror and awfulness so we just want to say that like we're here we love you I think that Pete Davidson's SNL open was really good about like I think sometimes the best way that we can heal is through like being together and laughing and enjoying the spaces that we do have that are safe spaces. So this is a safe space regardless of who you are and what you believe in. And we love you. And we're just going to keep laughing and talking about one of our favorite authors of all time. Very good friend of the program. So yeah, that's our little tidbit of the day before we continue because we want to address it and make sure that people feel seen and loved. Perfect. Was that good? Okay. That's good. Whoa, okay. I'm sweating. <laughs> as i don't know how to tra- <laughs> yeah how do we um i don't know i don't know either okay i am um... this is why we are not political <laughs> we got this what are you doing em okay so sab is in her soup girl era i'm in my clean girl era Ooh. so i'm going on walks with coffee listening to audiobooks um me and two of my best friends that are here, we are trying to get together once a month and walk. So yesterday we did like a two and a half mile like trail, mostly catching up, girl gossip, girl time. Oh, uh, I love that. It was a lot. Yeah, it was Cindy and Michelle. So we're trying to implement that. And then I'm hosting a lake weekend this weekend. So it's all my friends. It's my boyfriend will be there. And I am very excited. We're going to do s'mores one night. And I just... It's going to be very, like, fall, like, fall-esque. I'm excited. Um, I was I invited to-, to the lake w- weekend, for those of you who are like, oh, are they yeah. fighting? Nope, I'll be there. 
Sav will be there. Sav and Seth will be there. Um, I went to a car race. So my dad is a mechanic. And so he got tickets to this car race. And we were, like, by, like, the pit. So we, we could go, like, see, like, the car, like, the pit, people, like, fixing the tires and stuff. Really interesting experience. Very, like, Lauren Asher, F1, her series. Saw the Ferrari men. Very Italian. Mm. Like, the epitome of an Italian man. Mm. Here with their cigarettes. Like, they were just all very Italian. And then I saw the Eras movie with my boyfriend's mom. I, as you guys know, Savannah and I did go to the Eras tour. I love the movie. Like, I picked up on so many things I guess I missed. Like, just seeing some stuff, like, so up close. But. Um, here's my, um, potentially, this is going to be, it's not the thing about war that's going to get me canceled. It's this hot take right here. Listen, I loved the Ares tour. I was there. I brought Seth with me. First of all, I did not realize that this was the full three and a half hour long concert. I had to pee twice. <laughs> like I was not prepared for the length of this. And the other thing is that I thought this was going to be like Miss Americana almost. Like we were going to have some behind the scenes of like making yep. the tour, which I was really excited about. That is not what happened. So I'm not saying that it was bad. I think it's a really cool thing for an artist to give more people the chance to see a tour when it was like so hard to get tickets to. But I, I mean, if you didn't read anything about this and you just showed up thinking it was going to be like a movie, like, no, bitch, that was a concert. Like, and that's fine. I also thought it'd be a little bit more documentary. And my boyfriend's mom was like, I wonder if she's going to talk about like the Ticketmaster stuff. And yeah. that. But no, it's the whole era's tour. It's a and tour. They do, and they do cut out some of the songs. My thing, my bone to pick was, one, it was long as hell. We went to one of the places where you got, like, dinner and, like, drinks and stuff. So we, like, had a few drinky drinks, appetized. Like, it was nice. We were in, so we went to a 4 o'clock showing, a bunch of six-year-olds who were there with their moms that were very big Taylor fans. The kids personally couldn't have cared less and were running around the movie theater, like, screaming. Yeah, I mean, so, three and a half hours is a long time for kids. Yeah. And, like, so people were, like, saying stuff to the kids because they were, like, jumping around and, like, running across the theater and, like, through people's rows. And people were just, like, what is happening? I would have been furious. I think the only reason – so I purposefully picked tickets because I, when I saw the whole issue about the popcorn buckets and the cups, I was like, well, fuck me. If I wait too long, I'm not going to get a cup. And then what's the point of going? So I looked on like Friday morning at tickets for the weekend and purposefully picked noon on Saturday because it had just been added. There were like zero seats taken, like every seat was available and it's football Saturday. Georgia was playing like I was meticulous about when I picked tickets. So there were eight whole people in our theater and we just ended up going to the front. But like I was telling Seth, if I was him, I would have been annoyed that I could hear me singing. So like if there were other people singing around me, I would have been so annoyed. So I'm glad it was empty. Yeah. So like I, because that's the thing I didn't like, nobody in my theater was really like singing or anything, but like people are like dancing, like in their seats and me and my boyfriend's mom, we cried during Marjorie, but I didn't, like, know if I could, like, sing out loud. So I'm just, like, silently, like, mouthing the songs. 
Yeah. I sang like a little bit in my seat and like was like dancing in my seat. I think maybe had like we been together or we've been with other girlfriends, it would have been a different vibe. Again, I brought my sweet husband. I was like, oh, it's this documentary about the Taylor Swift tour. Like, you're going to love it. And he was like, this is the Taylor Swift concert. But he was a trooper and he had fun. And he was like, honestly, like, Slay Queen. Like, she's in her bag and I'm supporting it. Yeah, I was. And so I don't know if this is a spoiler, but if you are a long-lived girly like me and Sav, she plays it during the bloopers at the end. <laughs> And guess who figured this out <laughs> yesterday after she had left the fucking movie theater? Because <laughs> I literally, when she had the dress on, I was like, oh my God, Seth, we're going to get Long Live, which I didn't yeah. see in concert. And Seth is obviously familiar with Long Live because he's heard it in the car 52 trillion times. And she leaves the fucking stage and he looks at me and I was like, this bitch did not play Long Live. Well, so that's how come I was like, how could she not play Long Live? And my last tangent about Taylor Swift is I know she had to sing Shake It Off because it's a treasure in 22, but that could have been immediately cut from the Eras tour in the Eras tour movie. Sweet baby Seth loves Shake It Off more than any other song. He was dancing in his seat at Shake It Off. So you know what? I'm glad she kept it in just so I could watch him have a little, have a little time. Yeah. So that's my little (laughs) spiel. I did get my cup. Like, on my way home and I was drinking my, um, like, Chris Coke, like, Coke Zero out of my Taylor Swift cup, mm-hmm. I was like, it's the simple thing. It's like, it it's is. just the simple thing. I will say, I know that we've been back and forth on tra- Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I'm a I, fan. I am 100% bought in. And I hope that that man is giving her the best dick she's ever had. Because you know that he is. These skinny, white London boys are not giving it the way that Travis Kelsey is. And I hope, I I hope for her that she's having a grand old time. You know what sold me on yeah. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? The, her, her recent outing this weekend with him in New York when she's wearing, like, because she's tall and she's wearing like six yes. inch heels and she's still looking up at him. That sold me. I was like, I don't give a shit if this is a PR relationship, what kind of relation. I was like, I'm fucking sold. You know what sold me personally? the smudged red lipstick when they were getting out of the car oh I didn't see that picture it's like a little smudged on the top lip like yes Taylor I hope you are having fun making out with a man in the back of a car yes that's the thing like even because there were some times in the era's movie where they really like zoomed in on her face and some songs you could see that like she was getting emotional like her and Joe were together for like almost seven years that's like a hard thing just to like forget but I'm just like even if this is just a fling like, let her live her life. I love it. Have a couple orgasms. Have some fun. Live your best life. Yeah. I also have been on a little bit of, not like a bender, but like I've been in some books. So I read Wildfire last week, which we're talking about today. I got hopeless, read it in one day, read it in one sitting, devoured it. I love Bo Eaton. I love the Chestnut Spring series. I love cowboys. <laughs> That's okay. So I devoured that. And then I also got a book called Assistant to the Villain, which I'm like halfway through. And it's so good. It's kind of like a, I don't really know how I would describe it, but it's like kind of like a little fantasy, but like in a fun way. And like, it's kind of cutesy and funny and like lighthearted. 
Um, so it's magical, but it's like nothing too serious so far. So I'm really into that. And then I'm still listening to Harry Potter 4 on audio. I have like three hours left. And I want to read Manacled So Bad, which is the Draco Malfoy Hermione fan fiction. But it's like 2,000 pages. <laughs> oh, no. That's a whole year for me. It's like on Wattpad. I would have to like fucking somehow send it to my Kindle. I'm like, is this a line that like we need or cross the line? Are you told? I don't know how. Uh, No. No. So if you write, I will support. Me up, but I'm gonna make you read it for the pod. (laughs) Two thousand pages. I'll see you next year. 2025. Okay, so I finished Wildfire. Absolutely loved it. And I am devouring Powerless on audio. So it is again, it's the Chestnut Springs and the hockey player and ballerina. Death's a better audiobook experience. And I don't know if it's just because the plot line, like the story is just better. But I also think that with the audiobook, the voice has to be on point. Mm-hmm. I think the voice can really make or break an audiobook. I need to know where you're at in Powerless. Like, I need air. <laughs> so I am when, so they are going together to bring Violet Hay. So he has already rescued her from the wedding, all that stuff. Okay. I'm not going to give anything away. If you've been here for a while and you remember, <laughs> and you remember the great tampon incident of 2023, this was the book that did it. This is the book. That made me so horny pre-wax with a tampon in that she ripped that shit right out of me. But when Sav told me this, I was like, I don't blame you. Like, this book is so fucking hot. I was in the Bojangles drive-thru and they were, like, talking and I was like, I have to, like, crack my windows open. This is that book where my coworker came into my office and he was like, hey, do you have a minute? And I was like, I do not. I'm so sorry. You have to leave. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. This, okay, so you know, me and Sav are really not small town girlies, but how the Chestnut Springs is, it's not so small town the same way that I have devoured the Eden series. I have every Eden book as a hard copy book. Oh, so I fucking Eden's over Chestnut Springs? No, no, no. I love both because I feel like they're not so small towny. I think that the Chestnut Springs series. I'm going to put as one of my top five series of all time. Like I have never consistently loved every book in a series the way that I've loved this. Like normally there's one stinker in this series, but like they're really all hits. Yeah. That's how I felt with um that series that we read by um Debney Foster, like Hollowed Eve. Did we cover that one? No. Delaney Foster. Delaney Foster. I feel mm-hmm. that, like that way. Like every book was a hit for me. I never went back into the next one. Maybe I should do that. I ate those books up. Ate them up. <laughs> yeah, I, again, don't really know where I'm headed next. I went to Barnes & Noble like two or three weeks ago. So I have a bunch of, I've read everything this month I've read so far has been a hard copy. Which is so Welcome unlike me. Welcome to the side. I cannot afford to be on this side. I am bleeding funds. <laughs> like I cannot afford to live like this. I think now, though, that I've gotten to the point that if I know the author 
or like it just like really what it's about just really hits and I'll get the hard copy but if it's like a new author or something I'm like uncertain about then I'll do the Kindle see and I love a pre-order experience and so I think that's where it gets me is like wildfire was pre-ordered hopeless was pre-ordered like I'm gonna pre-order Anna Wang's next book like I just love the experience of being so exclusive that I have a pre-order and that on the day that it's published it's just at my door (laughs) well who was it was it twisted lies by Anna Wang that people who pre-ordered it got it like two days early yes I felt so special never forget I was not included in that maybe that's why I'm so um serious (laughs) about it now Speaking of Anna Wang, listen to this shit. She's putting Walmart on the map because I saw her post today that her king of greed, is that what we're on? Greed? Yeah. Is exclusively through Walmart and you get like extra bonus content. But I feel like not a lot of authors are doing anything through Walmart. No, um, I just saw Colleen Hoover, but Colleen Hoover has lost her appeal. You could not pay me at this point in time to read a Colleen Hoover book. Yeah. Yeah. Walmart illustrated edition. Yeah. Because I've been saying, because she's also has been really helping like local like bookstores. Cause like she is working with that one that's in Decatur that you get like a special like print or like something for like going to that store. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> I was like, Kroger grocery shopping last week Tessa Bailey's wreck the halls is the book of the month and I was like well shit I gotta get wreck the halls at the damn Kroger did you get it of course I did it was 40% off I got Becca Mack's new book the third book in her like consider me and play with me series that also follows a hockey goalie so I think I might read that next because Russ was a hockey goalie so I think I just have to, you have to keep up it's continue. hockey season though so it's okay to be in a hockey era in October it is because you know baseball ended for Sab and I right and we're not gonna talk about it we're just gonna <laughs> out of sight out of mind getting into this week's book wildfire by Hannah Grace Hannah Grace is a friend of the program, and we truly still think about her debut novel, Icebreaker, all the time. Grace is an English self-labeled fluffy comfort book author, writing predominantly new adult and contemporary romances from her home in Manchester, England. When she is not describing everyone's eyes 10,000 times a chapter, accidentally giving multiple characters the same name, or choosing English sayings that no one understands in her American books, you can find her hanging out with her husband and two dogs, Pig and Bear. Today we are discussing Wildfire, which is the second book in her Maple Hill series and follows Russ and Aurora in this summer camp romance. And the dedication this week is one that I really enjoy for younger me who wanted to be his first choice. I mean, he fumbled the bag, missing out on Hannah Grace. He All really did. Say. <laughs> he really did. Okay, so getting into the plot. So Aurora took a vow to better herself and to have her main character moment, which is why she decided to work at her old summer camp, Honey Acres. At one last hurrah, she was looking for a glass at the hockey house when she runs into Russ. Russ is the awkward, very hot, and shy hockey player. After a few rounds of drunk Jenga, the two flirt all night, which leads to a steamy hookup that night. 
After being in the bathroom for forever, Aurora leaves and hopes she doesn't see Russ again because she thinks that he just wants her to leave. That wish did not come true because Russ is also working at, at the summer camp that summer, which they learn about during orientation. After a common case of the miscommunication trope, Russ and Aurora talk to each other for the first time since the hookup and realize that they both really like each other. Acting on their impulses is difficult because the summer camp has a strict no fraternization policy. After not being able to hold it in longer, Aurora and Russ break the policy and have themselves a forbidden summer camp romance. The two fall for each other while at the same time helping each other heal from their trauma and experiencing the true magic of summer camp, which leads to a very happy ending that had us grinning. I was kicking my feet, grinning, obsessed with this story. I gave it four and a half stars. The friendship, the relationship building, the complicated family dynamics and daddy issues, the puppies and the kids, they were, and the kids that they were with just brought in so many like really beautiful dynamics to this story and so many relationships. I love that the UCMH community is growing and all the cameos from the friends that we saw in the first book, but I really like that it didn't take place in Maple Hills and that it was separate. Mm -hmm. So they really got like their own story. I just loved this place and these characters so much. It made me feel like I was a camper here and they were a part of my story too. I was telling Emily this before we started. I am a big summer camp girl. I went to camp for like 12 years as a kid every summer. My whole family went to the same camp. So I loved it. I also did DM Hannah and say, is summer camp a thing in the UK? Or did you just like watch movies and research this? Because I was so impressed with how spot on she was describing the summer camp experience. So obsessed. Proud of her if she didn't actually go and she just watched some movies and did some research. Um, I personally think that JJ hyping up Russ was so cute. Like Russ reminds me a whole lot of little baby Seth when I first met him. I already loved Russ. I think making that connection made me love him more. And then I loved the whole concept of like the only person who knows that you're not confident is you. Like what a fucking powerful statement from unassuming JJ. Like I think everyone should take that and run with it into their daily life. I also unfortunately really relate to how Rory feels with her parents' relationships. At one point, she says the balance between being the perfect daughter and her own person is like walking a tightrope. Um, Seth and I both have like a fully dadless thing going on in our marriage. So I am a proud member of the Daddy Issues Club. Um, and I just, I don't know, I related to a lot of the conversations that they both had about like how they struggle to feel like they're good kids, but also maintain these really complicated relationships with their parents. And like, it's hard it's hard when your parents aren't perfect because like you expect them to be, which maybe is not fair on us as children, but it just like adds a complicated layer to your life if that's something that you deal with. And then lastly, I, this is my like big rant of the day. I think that there is such a huge difference and being in a safe relationship and being in a relationship with someone who makes you feel safe because by all standards, Russ is, like, not a bad boy. He's a very sweet kid. Like, he's really likable, but he's not safe. He just makes you feel safe, and, like, that is not the same thing. Um, You can be a good guy and still be amazing in bed and fun and exciting, and I think Russ, there's a point where Russ is admitting to Aurora that, like, he faked being confident, and she's like, 
yeah, obviously I know when you get nervous, you itch the back of your head and all this stuff. And she's like, yeah, and it's adorable. And he's like grunting about it. And she says, adorable, like a guy who isn't a total dick to get into someone's pants at a party. And like, yes, like adorable is a good thing. And being a good guy and someone who makes other people feel safe can still be sexy, can still be hot. And I'm that's just my personal rant of the day. I agree. I think it's, like, really important, like, safetyness, like, like it's just so important in a relationship. Yeah. Like, I saw this person, this guy post about um, something that all guys should do when they are in a relationship, and his number one thing was driving safe. Mm-hmm. Like, you should never not drive safe, period. But especially when you have your, like, significant other in your car, like, there's just so many, like, elements of, like, safeness. I just think it's like important for a relationship. Yeah. Like you being with a guy who is not an asshole and who is like committed and sincere and like not a bad boy and not the fucking star, whatever, does not mean that you're settling. It means that that person gives you safety and like that can be really sexy and that should be honored too. And that's what I got from this book. Yep. I agree. So I gave this five stars. I don't think I can place this or icebreakers like above one another because yes, they were a part of the Maple Hills book and they were similar in some aspects, but they were also very different, which I enjoyed. Like it was like Nate and Anastasia had their own story. Russ and Aurora had their own story. And I really liked that. I love how we got more of the Maple Hills community, but not in a way that took away from Russ and Aurora's story. And I like that we got a lot of the side characters from Honey Acres as well. I would love a book on Xander. But I don't think we would get a book on Xander. But like, I really enjoyed his character. And I really enjoyed like Amelia's character. One thing, we talk about friendship, like friend, female friendships all the time. Which I love the female friendships in this book. With Jenna, with Amelia. It was just perfect. But the male friendships in this book was top tier because I don't think it's like men's mental health is not talked about as often as women's mental health and just how much these guys like were supporting each other and it's like it was just made me feel like warm inside so I just Russ and Aurora fit perfectly together and I liked how different they were but like they were just so good for each other Aurora was so spunky and I wish I could be as confident as her and Russ is just major cinnamon roll golden retriever energy and he was so fine but I really liked that Hannah like also made like guys get anxious, guys get nervous. And when I read that book of how not to die alone, it was like, yes, the women are afraid to get on the dating apps, but so are guys like guys are just as nervous and it's not really talked about as much. So I really liked that. Nothing hotter than a man who's good with children. And when Russ said, he's like, I've been watching eight year olds all summer. I know my difference between my princesses. I was like, this is just love. I felt so fucking bad for Aurora and Russ because like how their relationships with their dads made them feel like unworthy of love. And when Aurora's dad had the audacity to invite her to his wedding and was being a dick about it. I'm just like, I'm so glad that I was like, she didn't go. Cause I'm just like, wanted to like to shake her dad in the epilogue. When Russ talks about how much his dad has helped Aurora get her bookstore ready. I was really happy because I know Russ, felt very like complicated feelings toward his dad and he when he went to the hospital and like when his dad came to the summer camp so I'm happy that they got to this point and this book was just had good plot spice 
and it had like trauma but and I did cry at some parts but it wasn't like so it wasn't like it was I still I still think it was like a good field book JJ making several appearances made me so happy I didn't think he would get his own book because he graduated but I love how he was helping Russ in this book like he taught Russ how to give himself pep talks like they're facetiming like that is just wholesome and I think maybe we'll get a book in the future where JJ comes back and coaches for the Maple Hills team. So that's how I'm thinking that JJ would get his own book. You know what I love though is that because I kind of forgot about Robbie and Lola. Lola. But I like that they didn't have to have their own book to be together. Like she's yeah. just putting people together because they're in the same friend group and you like get more than one story in every book. Mm-hmm. so I think yeah because I because and in the house because Lola moved in with them yeah and, like there was like pictures of them in the living room I just thought it was just so cute so sweet yeah I loved that and so a few of the things I really liked so her so whenever he would get so turned on around Aurora he would like whisper like president's names hockey players names to try to like get his boner to go down so her getting him a book for his birthday that was all about the president sent me I thought that was really funny. And then a few quotes. He goes, you are the brightest thing in my life, Aurora, and you are a living reminder of the good things can happen when I allow myself to be happy. And then this, I had this highlighted, tabbed. She's still sleepy. She's still sleepy. Her wet hair now dried into waves. And she's looking at me in a way that makes my heart fall out of rhythm. I wish I could save this moment, bottle it, and protect it from whatever outside forces are going to try and ruin it. He was so enamored and in love with her. And, like, the way that he spoke about her and, like, her presence, I was just gone for. And then last is when Russ said this. He said, having real friends shows me that I don't have to blend into the background anymore. And that fucking sent me. It just makes me want to cry. Like, I just want to protect him. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, there are some men in books that I'm like, I think that you are very hot. But in real life, like, I don't know that I would be proud if you were, like, my boyfriend or my friend or my son or, like, any of these things. Russ, I want to bang and also, like, protect. (laughs) Yeah. Like, he, like, it's, he's the perfect package. So perfect. I loved him so much. We get into the spice we should because again i did want to bang and also protect him but <laughs> first and foremost i wanted to bang <laughs> how many peppers are you giving it i gave it two peppers how many did you give it i gave it two peppers i do think icebreaker had a little bit more spice but however this had more tension and i think it was more developed spice i think what <laughs> Sorry, nothing could beat She's the Uber run. scene. Nothing could beat the Uber scene and icebreaker. <laughs> I mean, actually, I gave my boyfriend icebreakers and he can't find it. So I need to go and like get my copy back. Oh my God. Tell him that's like losing the Bible, the holy book. <laughs> okay, I personally gave this two peppers. Russ is a good girl king. Hallelujah. Here, I have a couple of things that I would like to discuss. First one, let's talk. Let's start up top and let's talk about how hot the lap dance scene was. I am sorry. I am now having 
full-fledged fantasies in my head of like in what setting is it going to be appropriate for me to give my husband a lap dance because I would like to recreate this it was that hot um and then him saying I'm sorry you're too fucking hot the presidents aren't working like I just love this man so much he's sitting there like saying presidents in his head trying to give himself a little chill pill so that he won't have a boner so then obviously he takes her upstairs she says the sweet way he talks to me kisses me and then the way even the way he looks at me is contradicted by the confident way he freaking pounds me into the bed obsessed emily's face is bright red y'all can't see it but it's there (laughs) the first time that they're hooking up at camp She says, I sink down onto him. I'm so full that it stuns me, stretching me, making me freeze. Take your time, he murmurs softly, kissing my chest. He holds my waist, guiding me as I lift up and down, taking a little more of him each time. That's it. Good girl. You feel so fucking good, Aurora. You're making me lose my mind. Russ Callahan can call me a good girl any time. Same, sister. (laughs) And, like, he was so attuned with what she wanted. Like, he he says, like, later on in the book, like, all you have to say is good and girl and the same sentence, and this girl is a goner. A man who's so attuned to the, like... To you and what you need. And then the truck date, when he makes the, the date for her in the bed of a truck, and then they end up banging in said truck date... He says, I intertwine my fingers with hers and pin them to either side of her head on the bed. Harder, she whispers. Her hands tighten around mine as I do as she asks. The sound of my hips slapping against her ass is making me lose my mind. And when she pushes back against me, I know we're both close. She says, you're so deep. I can feel you everywhere. He says, you take it so well, sweetheart. You're such a good girl. (laughs) This book was very good girl, Sam. (laughs) Like this was for Sam. No, listen, this book was made for me because this man is a little engineer. He reminded me so much of Seth. And I think I was like, I'm gagged. Like, I'm done for. I, so I also gave it two peppers. One, you know, I have said this plenty of times. Sometimes the kissing is hotter than the sex. And these two had some very hot makeout sessions. Mm -hmm. The thing about the forbidden camp aspect, I think was so hot. I'm a big sweetheart girl. I'm a big fan of sweetheart. So a few, just a few statements from Russ. That's it, sweetheart. Show me how beautiful you look when you come for me. You are the best feeling in the world, sweetheart. Like, look at me, sweetheart. I want to see you come. His hands hold my waist, guiding me as I lift up and down tentatively, taking a little more of him each time. That's it, good girl. You feel so fucking good, Aurora. You are making me lose my mind. There and is when, something about a, you are making me lose my mind. It unhinges my brain from my body. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, I have to give up. And he, when like, it was like one of like their last sex scenes when he, like she wears like a cute little like flirty like sundress for him. And he like pins her hands at like at her lower back and he like rams into her. And, like, the man can do it all. Like, when they shared, like, that really sweet moment and she was, like, I just want, like, sweet, soft, like, sex. Like, just be gentle. He abides. When she wants it harder, like, they are, like, he, there is no wrong. He's, he and has I, us flustered. Like, we're flustered. No, he really does. <laughs> and um, I have to say, drunk Jenga, mm. it works. It works. Drunk Jenga is a good power move. 
um it was just like this was just so cutesy college spice also like it was just i was just done for the lap dance was a great power move and the, the fact is that fucking hot and since and it was so funny because everybody else who was in the basement playing jenga kind of was picking up on the fact that like they were like kind of like feelings between like russ and aurora and the lap dance was fucking hot something i don't think that is something i could ever do in public but i think it was a great power move but it wasn't i personally have seen a lap dance gone wrong and the person get broken up with so like the lap dance like it has to be done well if it's gonna be in public but i think it is a big power move I think you've got to have the confidence to execute and you've got to be just drunk enough to be able to do it and not feel shame, but not too sloppy to where you're sloppy doing it. Yeah. I'm in love with this man. And that's all I have to say. Yeah. I just like Nate rocked. Like I am just very excited for the rest of the series. Hannah Grace can write a man. That is a man written by a powerful woman and we are here for it. Yeah. Okay. I want to get into some fun discussion cues because I have a bajillion. (laughs) My favorite question and the one that I really want to know the answer to is that I loved the concept that camp was like healing Rory's inner child. And so what place makes you feel like your inner child is healing? Mine is the beach. Mine's also the beach. Mine is the beach that I grew up going. So my family and I always went to Hilton Head. And so, but I feel like anytime I go to like the beach, I feel like my inner child is like healing because there is just something about the beach. Yeah. No, same. The beach is like my happiest place, but I also feel like being there with my family and like now being there with my niece, like my nieces, both of them, like, I don't know. It just makes me feel like I'm in a new phase of life and like I can heal baby salve. I don't know. I just really liked that concept though, that like, this is the place where she went when she was feeling overwhelmed as a kid and it like made her feel more normal and cope with her feelings. And so she got to go back there as an adult. I think that that's really precious. Yeah. I love that. I think it's important to have, like, your place. Yeah. Okay. So, you went to camp, right? Yes, I did. So, what was your favorite stuff from camp? Okay. My favorite activity, arts and and crafts, obviously. I loved the high dive. I was scared shitless of the blob. The blob scared me so fucking much. When I went to camp, there would be snakes. So, you could, like, jump on the blob to get ready to be launched. And, like, the lifeguard would be like... (sighs) snake we didn't it's have bad snakes luck to whistle in yeah i loved your whistle we didn't have snakes we had catfish but there were no snakes but i was absolutely petrified of the blob but i fucking loved camp arts and crafts you know okay so i really liked we had i'm trying to figure like how you would even like name it it was like a soccer basketball kind of mix i liked that I liked my I think my favorite day of camp was when everybody got together and it was like like obstacle not really obstacle course but like the um you had to like run relay with the races and with stuff. like the yeah. relay races yeah, that yeah, was yeah. my favorite time I hated the blob I was not a fan of archery because that shit fucking hurt mm. and then I liked canoeing but when we did canoeing we also had to learn how to like unswamped yourself which is like that's a good life lesson if you're on a canoe 
but when you're in the lake with snakes I wasn't really a big fan yeah I wasn't fucking with that either that's fair yeah I also every I love the song aspect of camp too like all the camp songs and we used to have this like sweet little song that we sang at night before we went to bed and you will hear me around my house I sing it to my dogs every night (laughs) and I'll be like Seth day is done and I'll sing the song and I'm like it's time for bed could you have your phone at camp no we couldn't have our phones either it was amazing yeah, and you couldn't get your phone back until your parents checked you out. Yeah. So even if it was, like, over, you still, like, didn't get your phone until it was, like, time to check out. Yeah, no. And, like, yeah. if there was an emergency, like, someone would tell you. Like, you did not need yeah. your phone. So, and I kind of went to adult camp, too. So in high school, my local Y had, like, a leaders group. So, like, a lot of us, like, a part of it. And we, like, refereed the soccer team, like, the soccer games, basketball, a bunch of us coached. And you just, like, did stuff in your community. And so – leaders clubs are like all over the United States. So every summer we all got together. So it was through high school in um, Asheville, like Black Mountain, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Absolutely stunning. So all the girls stayed in one huge like area. Fourth floor is haunted. It is one of National Geographic's most haunted places. But when you're your first year, you take certain classes for like your first year. And then your second, but then like you get like your own electives. And then every night, everybody every like club gets together for, like on the side of the mountain and there's like a devotion for like whatever that was like respect loyal like whatever like value of the why was you ate all your meals together with your group and like I'm still friends with like girls that were in my yeah group. that's so, so we fun. were like and like we still got to have like our phones and stuff but you never wanted to go on it but then you got to like experience camp also like a different version like when you were in high school Dude, all over my TikTok, I've been seeing, like, adult camps, and I saw one that was, like, for, like, girls that read. They would, like, go and do stuff, and then they would have, like, two-hour reading time in the afternoon. I'm about to sign our asses up for camp. Yeah, I love that. I've seen people do where they will go because you can book, like, a like a camp for, like, your wedding, and people make oh, it, like, a whole so weekend, fun. a whole weekend-long thing, and you can use everything that's at the camp. I would die. I would love that. I love camp. It was a great, great experience. I'm sending us back to camp for sure. Okay. <laughs> Sign me up. Sign me up. Because I feel like people don't go to camp anymore. My brother didn't go to camp. Seth wasn't a camp kid either, so he doesn't get it. But I will say my whole family has gone to the same camp. And, you know, I have my, like, bonus oh, that's cousins. Cool. They're still going to camp because it's, like, Aww. still the same one. Yeah, it's fun. I loved camp. I hope that you have little Jewish girls and they get to go to Jewish girls sleepaway camp because I think – Jewish girls at camp is better than Christian girls at camp. Like that's like my boyfriend, him and his brothers went to camp yeah. all summer. Like they wrote letters to their parents. Like that was the only way like get in contact was like oh, you wrote I was letters. there all summer. You didn't go all yeah. summer? No, I went mine was just like a week long camp. Oh, we would go for like four or five weeks. No, mine would just be like a week long camp. And then oh. um I did like a kids club thing where like you get dropped off in the morning like we had like field trips all over to like different places so that's what we did but then like I I got to the point like as the older sibling like I had like younger cousins like at some point I like stayed at home with the cousin and like we did like like our own like stuff so I hate that for you that you got your childhood taken away (laughs) but I love camp and then there's like a point where me and my two other cousins were at camp at the same time and I just think that was fun 
Yeah, Garrett and I were at camp for a little bit at the same time, but he was at the boys camp and I was at the girls camp. And then once a week, you would like get together with the boys and it would have like a mixer, but he would completely ignore me because I was seven and he was 13. (laughs) At my camp for every dinner. So let's say there's like six girls, six guys cabin. So it would be a whole week. So it'd be the seven days for dinner. The guy, um, every guy cabin took turns like escorting us to dinner. So they would like oh. meet us out and like you would, like cook and they would, like walk us to dinner. And like depending on who their counselors were, if they had like younger guy counselors, they like will get them like flowers, and, like they would bring like us roses. And then we had a dance the first day of camp, which is always funny because everybody is so awkward. But then yeah. like, the last day of camp, everybody is dancing. And it was like funny because like they would have slow dances. And it's so funny, like people who would slow dance, they're like married to each other now. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So many people have like met their significant other like at camp. So I thought it was pretty neat. Oh, I love. I know. As I was reading this book, I was like, I think it'd be fucking fun to like go be a camp counselor. I know. Same. (laughs) Maybe we should just start a camp. Sign me up. (laughs) Getting into our fave segment of how we picture Russ. So I picture Russ as Dylan O'Brien. Um, and I am just in love with this man, both Dylan O'Brien and Russ. I think that at night he would read with glasses on in bed every night before bed. I think his engineering brain would make him explain everything to you. And he gets so excited explaining it that you'll just willingly sit there and like learn about shit that you don't care about because he's just like so excited and like kind of nerds out about stuff like that. I think he snuggles with the dog. He said he didn't want every night on the couch. He coaches the local kids hockey team and takes them from zero wins to little champions. Your friends and family absolutely adore him. And I think that he would develop his own relationship with them instead of just being like, like, instead of being Rory's husband in your phone, he's Russ. And like, you would text him if you needed him, which I think is so sweet. I just think he's a sweet, kind, respectable boy in the streets and a filthy man in the sheets. And that's perfect. <laughs> so to me, he reminded me of Jack Hughes. So he plays for the New Jersey Devils. But like I, as soon as like this book, I was like, he reminds me of Jack Hughes. I am. Let me Google. I love that yours are always so obscure and I have to Google them. Oh, this is a winner. He's hot. Yeah, like he kind of like and he kind of has like the same for like a hockey fan. Like he yeah, has, yeah. Like, like the NHL media loves him because he was like has that persona. Like they asked him what Gatorade he likes, and he's like, uh blue. Like he doesn't <laughs> say like the players like says the color just reminded me of Russ. This man, he has two golden retriever dogs. So two golden retriever dogs for a golden retriever. And he takes them on walks every morning. And like on his walks, he like will pick up the coffee, breakfast, or, like flowers for you. But, like, these are, like, his, like, pride and joy. So he just loves these dogs. He's very calculated and strict. But when he lets loose, he's, like, the light of the party. Whenever one of his friends needs him, he will drop everything and, like, be there for him. Regardless of the time, he will be there for his friends. He coaches a local team in the off season that is, like, full of the kids of his teammates. And he is, like, a staple, like, in the local community. Like, everybody just loves you guys in the local community. He loves you so much and yours like priority, like regardless of what is happening. He is super like hot in bed and he always gives you forehead kisses after mm, sex. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, so I forgot to ask you the discussion question. Who do you think the next book will be? Uh I don't know. 
I think it's Henry. Yeah, I can see her setting up for Henry. I think it's Henry. Okay. Okay. I think she told us it's Henry. I'd have to look through our email. I think it's Henry, because I think that's who we thought this book was going to be about. Mm-hmm. Henry's for sure getting a book. Yeah, I think Henry is next. Because he makes him and JJ make the appearance the most in this book. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Getting into our scientifically proven boy for a pyramid. I think you guys can guess where Sam and I are putting <laughs> Russ. But if you are new here, um, the bottom of our pyramid is ultimate friends with benefits. So you guys could be a long-term situation ship. Could be a one-night. Friends might know. They could not know. You could see. Then we have meet the parents. My, he might be the one. Might not be. Could just be a nice guy and just right for the season of life that you're in. And then after that, you have white picket fence where you guys are husband and wife. You live in the suburbs. You have the kids, the dogs. You're waving to your neighbors as they walk by. Then at the top, you have God tier, which is like nothing can beat. There is just some extra oomph about God tier that they just have to be at the top of the pyramid. So, Sav, where are you putting Russ Callahan? Oh, I'm putting Ross at God tier. No yeah, God question. tier. God tier. There, there's no question about it. No, if not at all. Hannah Grace man, it's God tier. Yeah, I think that that's the standard is that Hannah Grace writes God tier men and that it is what it is. Yeah. And I will continue to buy them until I'm six feet under. <laughs> that's that's on that. Yeah, I'm like buying the hard copies of these books. Oh, there's for not, sure. There's, yeah, there's no, there's no, no change in that. Absolutely. Okay, well, thanks y'all for tuning into this episode of the Spice Rock Podcast on Wildfire by Hannah Grace. This is such a fan fave, and we love Hannah Grace and we love her books. So thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting her. This is only her second novel, which is crazy because, like, sister has talent out the walls. You know what I mean? But we love her. We're here for her. Can't wait for her third book. We're not really sure what we're going to do next week. And so instead of announcing some shit that we're not going to (laughs) like, let's just skip to the part where we post it on Instagram and we will tell you on like Saturday or Sunday what we're doing instead. (laughs) Bye guys. We hope you guys enjoyed Wildfire and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.